When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 970. Uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, maybe you don't. Maybe you're not even listening in America. Or maybe you're leading the charge to bring American Thanksgiving to Finland. Yes, that's what you're doing. Or even if you're not, I hope you had a great weekend. Um, if you want your event on the ID10T Community Corkboard, that is a very simple remedy. Uh, just email events at ID10T.com so uh, we can help uh, promote a thing that you care about, like... Ange Steph, who writes, Ange, A-N-G-E, did I say that right? If I didn't, I apologize. Um, I am forever in your debt for mispronouncing your name. Or we're square because I said it right. Ange? Uh, so Ange writes, I just want to say uh, thanks to you. My best mate and I did a thing. All right, I can't take credit for that. You and your mate did that, so uh, good on you. We started our own podcast called Nerdisans. We publish monthly. We talk about movies, TV. We have some awesome fun facts and scary stories. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Just want to say thanks for inspiring us. Well, thank you for uh, making that thing. Bob and Mark write, we're Bob and Mark, and our band's called Bark. Oh, my God. You have to start your shows like that, or that has to be in a song, because it's just too metrically perfect. And it rhymes, Marge, and you know it rhymes. Uh, we make kids' music that doesn't suck and released our first full-length album on vinyl last year entitled The Bark Album. Uh, and following the news of the devastating Hill and Woolsey fires, we decided to donate 100% of all our album sales to the LA United Way's Disaster Relief Fund in partnership with the United Way of Ventura County. This fund will support low-income residents of SoCal whose lives and livelihoods have been affected by the current wildfires. Uh, so turn your kiddos on to some great new music and do some good at the same time. Visit thisisbark.com. That actually... Um, coincidentally plays into uh, some of the conversation that happens with today's guest, who's Chris Coy. Um, Chris is just a phenomenal actor, and you might recognize him from The Walking Dead uh, a few seasons ago. He played a character named Martin, who uh, was a resident of Terminus, and he basically uh, threatened Judith to in front of Tyrese to try to save his own hide. And um, that didn't go too well for Martin. Uh, Martin was not a nice guy, but Chris Coy is an, an exceptionally nice guy, it turns out. Uh, and he's he's in a bunch of really great stuff. He's in uh, The Front Runner, which is the movie about Gary Hart, directed by Jason Reitman, that uh, Hugh Jackman is in. He's also in The Deuce uh, on HBO. Uh, he was also in Castle Rock, uh, which is on Hulu, which was great. And... 
Um, he's just a, he's a guy that you, I'm sure you recognize his face, even if you don't know his name and you will get to know his name. Um, because he's definitely, he is, he is on the rise. This, this young fella's going places. And I think after you get to know him a little bit on the podcast and see what an incredibly compassionate individual he is, uh, and how thoughtful he is in Chris, as I was saying about the Bob and Mark, uh, corkboard thing is a resident of Thousand Oaks. And this was recorded um, a couple of weeks ago, um, right? You know, they had suffered multiple tragedies in Thousand Oaks um, between the the horrendous uh, shooting that happened there. And then also then the fires broke out and that was all in his neighborhood. And so, um, you know, just a, just a heads up, we do talk a little bit about that uh, in, in the beginning um, and then, you know, um, uh, move on to, to some other stuff. But Chris is... Chris is really, really just a solid, solid family guy. And, um, you know, it was, it was really sweet to have him on. And, uh, coincidentally, it turns out he and my wife had worked on a project together uh, a while back and I didn't know that. And so spoiler alert, there's a sweet little reunion in the middle of the podcast, uh, when Lydia walks by to say that she's leaving to go to work. So here's the ID10T podcast number 970 with your new favorite person, Chris Coy. Also... Happy finish Thanksgiving. Initiating ID10T protocol. Yesterday. So you were allowed to go back now? Yeah, they evac. We, uh, the fire started in my backyard. The hill fire did. Jesus. Um, the same morning uh, that we woke up and found out about the mass shooting. Right. We're not on. I don't want to be bleak on the interview. Are we? Oh, no, no. Actually, okay. we are, but we should okay. talk about it because it's. Because you have. It was in. It happened in your backyard, and you. And first of all, it's so sweet that you would apologize for being 10 minutes late having come from oh, basically yeah. a, a war zone. It feels that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Okay. Uh, so so that Thursday morning, you found out about the shooting and the fire at the same time. I wake up, find out about the shooting at a place that my wife and I have been several times. Uh, it's less than four miles down the road from my house. Um, and we end up finding out that we know some people that were there. And then we find out that we have... Friends of friends who unfortunately lost oh a child. Oh, my God. And, um, and, you know, it would be tragic no matter where it took place. But something about it being so close makes it so surreal and really um, brings home the idea that, like, it could happen to anybody. Like, it, it could be Anytime, you. Like anywhere. That. You just yeah, don't exactly. know. You, you, That's just, right. you just, it's like you, you go about your routine. That's right. So many of these stories start with, like, it was, it was a normal day. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. Right. Um, my my cousin who lives down the street, he's lived in Thousand Oaks for 30 years. All three of his girls that are now college age and older 
frequented Wednesday night at Borderline, the honky tonk night, like that, that was their thing. And he just, he was kind of, even though luckily none of them were there that night, it floored him. Um, and so, yeah, we wake up, find out about that. I've got all these texts, like, are you okay? Were you guys out last night? Anything like that? And we're like, what are you talking about? We turn on the news, we find out. And we're all sort of sitting in that and talking to our friends who were even closer to it than us. And then I get a call. Uh, my wife and I were out with the kids, and we get a call from my neighbor. The backyard's on fire. And I'm like, what? And we live in a canyon above uh, a wildlife preserve called Wildwood. And he's like, Wildwood's on fire. And so I fly home. The whole way home, the closer I get, the more it's like, that's my house. Um, and then luckily we get there, and it's not. But we can see the flames from the backyard. And it was just like, uh, you know, put the kids and the dogs in the car and then grab whatever you want, baby, because if the winds go this way, we're done. And, you know, it's 50-50. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people, you know, Los Angeles – Every area kind of has their natural disaster to contend with. Yeah. But, you know, in Southern California, we're in California, we have earthquakes, fires, mudslides, and we don't, and we talk a lot about earthquake preparedness, but it seems like in the last few years, we also need to be talking about, about wildfire preparedness because what do you take, like, what do you, I mean, I think you just grab photos, you grab, you know, your wedding ring, you grab anything that you can't replace. Right portable right and then you i guess you just have to go well i don't know whatever happens happens now what do i do that's right and that's why it was like we should do this right now because once the panic sets in we're gonna just like aimlessly be walking in circles through this house what i realized was even though we had time and we weren't panicked we both still were like wait what do we grab like um the digital age helps a bit because i just sort of uh, instinctively, and I think like, you know, growing up in a generation before the, the digital age, wanted to grab photos off the walls. And I was like grabbing them and I was like, wait, I just printed this out off my phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But wait, my ALF VHS tapes. Yeah, like, no, but no, grab- <laughs> I did grab the VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, you know, we're in Griffith Park here and, and, I, and we've, we've been through a couple fires yeah. here. And there is that, and, you know, it, we've been fortunate that we haven't had to, yeah, we've been fortunate that we haven't had to evacuate, but we have... There have been a couple that were close enough where you could you could see the flames, right? And you, we just said, okay, um, well, grab the get the cat, right? And we just sort of are in that like ready to pounce. Yeah, you're mode. in like a holding pattern. Yeah, you're just in a holding pattern, just wait exactly what you said, just waiting to see where the wind blows. And it and it you know it's it is difficult because we we live most of our lives really building these kind of certainty bubbles where we think like. I'm fine. My fa- everything's fine. Like we live in a good area. Like we right. live in a f- safe. This we have right. this. You know, and then something like that happens, and you're like, yeah, everything's temporary. Nothing None of is certain. Yeah, absolutely. And you right. know, especially we had just uh, you know back to the shooting. My whole town was celebrating that. Like a couple months ago, we got named the third safest city in the country. And it's like. And like you said, we all allowed that to like settle in our minds as though that was a certainty, right? Or like a constant, right? Uh, and that just imploded. And while it's imploding, everything catches on fire, and then that goes the other way. But then an ember lands over here, and now it's coming towards us from this side, right? It was like, 
just yeah i mean i don't i don't you know as upsetting as it all is i certainly don't think the answer is to be afraid of everything i think the answer is just to sort of say like well you know appreciate each day that you have yeah and and the treasures that you have while you have them that's exactly right and And, and also you know realizing what's important what matters a car is not important um uh things are not important people are important right and you know those things that are that are special to us like like if your kid did a drawing you'd want to save that that's exactly right that's what we grabbed we like opened up the 300 year old cabinet and take out the (laughs) five day old cartoon drawings and we're like this is what matters leave the antiques yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and that's what's true too is it kind of in a certain way was like um exhilarating um, not to make light of it because I, I have, I spent all day yesterday, uh, searching and salvaging through a buddy's house who burned to the ground right. and, you know, certainly tragic. He had a great attitude about it, but like what we realized in kind of looking around the house and being like, what do we grab? Was that like, there's not too much, like we could lose everything here. And if we had each other and these kids and those two dogs that drive us crazy every day, <laughs> we would be happy still, you know, we would re build or go somewhere else and we would gather new treasures and um my my buddy who really i mean out of nowhere his house caught fire there was no warning whatsoever it was kind of right when wolsey fire started uh and he essentially lost every treasure in that house and yesterday searching through it he was like truth is i feel like it was a forced purge Mm -hmm. i mean collecting shit for 30 years and we get yeah. to start over now like yeah. you know and i kind of felt that way too even though we got lucky and made it out unscathed it was like dude if we start from zero again okay we start from zero Whatever. yeah exactly i mean it's 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 really more about the acquisition of things than the things yeah exactly I mean? it's like oh it's we, the hunt we right. traveled and we bought this thing in europe and we brought it back you know it was like right. it was the trip to europe and the acquisition the of memory the itself of doing so and like, yeah yes yeah. right. things i mean you know you see we have things in our house but they're all just sort of like i don't know like metals that you know like that's right i went to austria once it is. or yeah, i did right. this that's or right. i you know but even now it's like the I mean, it sounds like you like antiques too. I just I like everything that has anything that has a story. Stories, man. But so much of the stuff we buy online now, so it's not even like we're really hunting and gathering anymore. It's like, oh, you can buy you know two hundred year old antiques on find it on right a website. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah. you know, it we we do. I, I think we are powered and driven by the stories that we are able to sort of tell ourselves. And if the story is that. You know, it's really just the continuation of the journey, and this is a new journey. Again, like you said, not to make light of it, but, you know, at least it's not – at least you're not going to be sort of a prisoner of your things. Yeah, right. And And that story's still intact. Yes. And and then even more so, again, my my buddy's place yesterday, he was like, some of these things that I lost, like – the story only gets amplified now. Like right. I went and found this thing and I've had it for 30 years and then it burned up in this fire. Right. And he found, and then like little things that we did find partially intact. He was like, this was at the bottom of the pile sentimentally five days ago. Right. And now I'm going to frame this and it'll right. be in my house forever. Right. And then it was just like a, how old are your kids? Six and three. And how are you explaining? I mean, how are you explaining all of this to them to a, a six year old, particularly, they're just starting to figure out that the world can be a scary place. True. So how are you... She's very much like... Um, yeah, she's like awake now. She sees it all and she's got so many questions. And uh, 
most of which I, ha- I have no answers to. <laughs> so you just uh, make yes. shit up. You no. just make yeah, exactly. blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the fire. Th- to be honest with you, both of them. Uh, it's all a great adventure. Still, like they're way more excited than scared. The oh, fire's good. coming, and the f- watching TV, and the new- it's the first time in my six-year-old's life she's ever been interested in the news. Um, Three-year-old was still like, can we put Looney Tunes back on? The <laughs> six-year-old was glued to the TV with me and her mother. And like, is the house going to burn down? I don't know, baby. And like, what would we do if it did? We would find another house. We would go somewhere else. We would go to friend's house. It would be okay. And like, I could see a little bit of like, like I said, more excitement in her eyes than fear. Which like, I can relate to that too. I think to some degree... Maybe it's all of us, but to some degree, there's like a sick excitement or like in in the anticipation of like, is this going to go wrong? And if so, what will I have to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And you can see that in my six-year-old, just like, okay, daddy, like, well, let's go. Um, And that's like, it's a, uh, I'm proud of her for being so fearless, but it's also a little bit of like, you know, you, like you said, how do you explain that to them? You do so gently and with care and maybe not with 100% transparency. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because yeah. their tiny minds still – it's like you want – I would imagine you would want to be honest, open with them and authentic with them. But there's still a lot of stuff they're not That's right. quite able to process. Yeah, you don't need to more. fully open the No, curtains. no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but it does – it does in one sense, it really does make you – understand certain philosophies or ways of life or religions where people are like, don't, you know, it, and, and I guess it's not even like don't have any possessions, but just don't be a prisoner of your right. possessions. It's true, man. It's so true. I, I don't know. Well, I'm glad, I'm just, I'm glad you're okay. Oh, thanks, and, and you're so right too. We've been like hugging each other harder and just like loving a little deeper since that stuff, since it all went down. And, and you're, and you know, hopefully, you know, you remember that and that in, uh, you know, and then in like a week or two, you're like, oh, God damn traffic. What is this? You know? yeah, or today on the way yeah. here, yeah. I'm like calling you like, ah, traffic. I'm ah, sorry, man. Traffic. This he does not have 12 items. This is the express line. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. piece of shit. You know, yeah, you're like, exactly. all right, maybe that's not. Exactly. It's right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. I mean, the guy has 13 items. It's maybe right, it's, not, it's right. not the biggest right. deal. All these looky-loos looking at the fire smoke. It's like, well, it's the biggest plume of smoke. I do often, you know, sort of have these conversations of like, oh, it's. Is this the worst time and, you know, is this the most deadly time in history? And then, you know, historically, like, no, there have been deadlier times in history. Right, you know, like, we're right. living longer now. Like, there are really yeah. good – but we're so aware of everything. True. And because of – yeah, like, you were talking about social media. Now we all just have, like, uh, an up-close view in our pocket at all times. You can always pull that – I could right now go on Instagram and hashtag Wolseyfire and pull up thousands, thousands of and thousands of videos. Of, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, like – it's never been the case. It's never been that readily available. Well, this all this all just sort of proves my theory that people who play dicks in television and film tend to be the nicest people. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> so people, right? I mean, Walking Dead fans probably remember that you were uh, you played Martin. You almost took out 
what who ultimately is like kind of one of the main protagonists of the series now all uh-huh, of a sudden uh-huh. that you basically threatened to kill a baby in Which, Walking Dead to this day in the grocery store with my kids people will run up and be like you're the baby choker <laughs> and I'll like, I'll like uh, please put, not put my hat on my daughter and be like no she is attack her <laughs> like I can't I can't wear a baseball cap or I become like a, a cannibalistic baby choker <laughs> No, that's right. There was that like, whole I'm element. A cannibal, <laughs> and like it gets darker and worse too because that scene was me and Tyrese, who chats like a dear friend. But yeah. like they'll be like, "You're the racist baby choking cannibal." I'll be like, "These are my kids right They're next right to here. Me. They're right Can here. We just, yeah. And we're in the frozen pizza aisle, man. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just a guy like you. <laughs> like, you know, I my I, I have a theory about why nice people play such great villains. And it's because really nice people are very genuine. And when when a villain, you know, like a, a good villain doesn't go, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm coming at you, you know. Right. The, the fact that you're sincere and authentic and then you just put fucked up words in your mouth. That's all it takes. Yeah, it yeah, creates yeah. a dissonance where you're like, you just feel really uncomfortable. And I think that... That gives a villain depth or, or, right, or, yeah. or, or, or kind of a weird... St- and the most dangerous... The, the best bad guys think they're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes them dangerous. They, yeah. They fully believe in their cause. Do you like playing villains or do you... Because I just saw... Well, I just saw a movie that you were not a villain in. My wife um, co-ho- or, uh, does a lot of hosting stuff at Screamfest. Yeah. And this movie, Discarnate, played. And we saw it. But you were great in it. And they just, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. And the director, or was it the director? Someone, no, your co-star, the guy who played your brother yeah, in the thing. Yeah, Matt, Matt Monroe. Yeah. Matt, Matt Monroe uh, said, uh, yeah, Chris and I didn't really know what we were supposed to do. So we just kind of like improv a backstory and it stayed in. And like. And it totally made sense. I read a review where they were like, and somebody was like, one of my favorite moments, there's a scene where they're talking about their childhood. I wish there would have been more of that. And I called Matt and I was like, you believe that shit? Because I remember us doing that and then being like, maybe don't improv. <laughs> it's like, uh, but you know, you never know what's going to work. Come on. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Um, and one of the only, um, although more recently, with the Deuce and the front runner that's out now, I'm I'm not bad guys in those, but most of my career certainly has been villains, and um, because yeah yeah I really enjoy that mainly because um, what we were speaking on earlier that I think a lot of times people read bad guy and they think like oh I need to play him bad right and it's like no it's easier than that read the the words are bad yeah yeah and so like. Just be a human being that's saying these horrible things. Yeah, you don't you don't have to you don't have to telegraph it just because people, you know, in in life you don't get like monologues from. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. If someone's gonna fuck you up, they're just gonna fuck you up. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they might just very calmly say like, "Oh, well." I was know. just gonna say, the calmer they do it, the scarier the scar- that shit the scarier is. Scarier it it's is. Like, oh, this isn't bullshit. This guy's. <laughs> He's enjoying he's himself. He's way too confident <laughs> yeah, about exactly. this. He's way too comfortable right. with all right. of this. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, and then one of the the first time I think that I ever played a good guy was with Lydia. Oh, oh, f- which which the uh, it ended up being called the barber, but it initially was called Trigger. Yeah. And um, and I played the uh, the lead. He was a detective who went undercover trying to 
capture this serial killer. And your wife played one of the supporting characters. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, which, like, yeah, just... Just random coincidence, but that is crazy. She's upstairs when she. I'm gonna. I'm gonna text her now to come down and say hi. <laughs> come okay. say hi to Chris Coy before you leave, and I'll be. I'll be nicer this time in the movie. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't very nice to her. <laughs> you know, my wife has a great. She's almost becoming like the Sean Bean of, like. <laughs> She dies horribly in everything. She <laughs> she survived our interaction. She did yeah. survive your, but there's so yeah. many things where it's just like heroin addicts, you know, mm. skull crushed, thrown into a vat of acid. Those like, are the most fun roles, though. Those, yeah, those she are loves a lot it. Of, those are those are good times. She absolutely, yeah, she she absolutely loves that part of it. Yeah. but it's still, it's like you're like, oh yeah, I'm dying this one too. I'm like, you got to now. Now it's a streak. Right now, you got to keep that going. Yeah, exactly. It's like how many things can you get that you that you die in? <laughs> but uh, uh, the front runner looks great. Thanks. The I mean, it's I didn't know that I would be interested in the story of Gary Hart. You know, because I was in high school at the time, so yeah. I was vaguely aware. Yeah, true. In a pre-social media era and era, and that was just all adult shit. And right. you know, I was watching yeah, exactly. Monty Python. That was my experience too. Yeah. Yep. So, um, what is it? Uh, who do you play in the movie, and then and what uh, what was your experience on the film? So I play a guy named Kevin Sweeney, who's a real guy, still alive and well. A guy much, much more intelligent than I. <laughs> um, and he was Gary Hart's press secretary. He's a young gun, again, uh, really sharp. He's 28 years old when he was Gary Hart's press secretary on wow. his presidential campaign. Um and oh man, he's the, he's the he's the best kind of guy. He believed wholeheartedly in his candidate and that he was the right man for the job and that he could do the best work for this country. And and the rug just got pulled out from under him. Right at I mean the peak of positivity in that campaign. Um, almost the moment where he was like, you know what, maybe I can relax. I think we're going we're gonna to win this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then he just like gets a call from the Washington Post. They actually called Kevin Sweeney first and was like, this is the story we have, and we're running it. Oh, my and God. And he's like, there's a moment in the movie, actually, where he's like, uh-huh, and he just like grabs a bottle of scotch. <laughs> He's like, uh huh. You're gonna do what? And he like sniffs the bottle first. Like he's just like it's two in the morning, and you're telling me that everything's imploded. Um, Did and, you talk to Kevin Sweeney? Yeah. Yes. Um, extremely informative. Uh, so um, I think excited that the story was going to be told. I'm sure that he, as well as the rest of them, were hesitant too. I think it's got to be scary to hear that like a movie's being made. Based on even if it's just a moment in your life, right? But like based on your truth, um, and you know, especially when it's being made by somebody like Jason Reitman, so like chances are people are going to see it, right? Um, just amplifies that sort of fear or the unknown. Um, but he was really committed to the project and wanted to be a part of it and be as informative as possible and help me get it right. Um, such a nice guy. Like I said, I'm endlessly sort of humbled to be able to play him because just 
just when I started researching what the job was and what it entailed, I was like, oh, I could never do this for a living. <laughs> and then once I spoke to Kevin, I was like, oh, I could never do a lot of things that guy could do. Right. Like, just so smart. Um, and so, yeah, I played press secretary. And, and Kevin Sweeney, really, I mean, if anybody almost sort of saved him, almost was able to kind of patch this up. It, it was probably Kevin. Um, and, you know, ultimately that it didn't, it didn't work out, but, um, just a, a guy who he fought the good fight to the end and for, um, at least in his mind, all the right reasons. And, and like you said, just really believed that, that Hart was the right man for the job and that we were about to like lose, our best chance. Um, but maybe for, you know, for good reason, but it's a tough story. I think that that's why it's a a good film. I think good movies, like, uh, my mother drove quite a, a lot of miles. She, she doesn't live in New York or LA and she went to go see the movie already. I haven't even seen it in limited release. And she was like, I, I mean, I love you in the movie, but didn't make me feel good. <laughs> I was like, but, well, know, not every movie does. Yeah, and it should be that you leave thinking. And right. That, you know, it asks questions. Jason um, sort of keenly put that, like, this isn't, I'm not answering many questions. I'm asking them. Um, I'm asking you to ask them. And I think that's a bold move as a filmmaker to be like, I'm trusting you, the audience, to understand that, like, I'm not laying it out for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, these are the things I'm wondering. How do you feel about this? Right, right. And well, especially when you're basing it on a, you know, life is very complicated and there are not, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's sort of been the theme of the conversation so far is like, there's not a ton of answers to right, things. Right. And it's like, well, things happen and then you just sort of wade your way through it That's and right. do the and best you, you can. Right, exactly. And, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know what's around this corner, but there's no other route. So, like, let's find out, I guess. We'll just keep going and see where we end up. And I think a lot of us are in that holding pattern. I saw a... Um, oh, what was it on? It was one of the subreddits I follow. I th- it might have been Get Motivated, just a good subreddit. <laughs> Get motivated. Yeah, you need a little more motivation, Chris. You're always sitting on your ass. I know. Oh, God. I'll do 20 things tomorrow. Yeah. But you guys uh, know he's in his pajamas right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I should, I should have done that. I should start doing that. That's a great idea, actually. Because it, I think it would... It's a power move, too. If I was showing up and, like, <laughs> trying to be Hollywood cool, and you open the door just in your silk PJs. Yeah, the guy's right over there. We'll just return right <laughs> over there. Yeah, there, you know, there is a... Well, there's the sort of the, the difference between, like, some people who go, wow, that guy's free, versus, like, what the fuck? Why? Come <laughs> yeah. on. Just put on pants. <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. put on pants. So it might have right. been either get motivated or... No, it was... Let's see. It was either get motivated, our self improvement, or our stoicism. But it was it was just this, re- <laughs> which are very all those related. Are all, those are all They're great. all interrelated. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it was a, a a panel from one of the Kung Fu Panda movies, and his master is telling him. He says, uh, "Yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery." 
today is uh, today is a gift. That's why it's called present. Yeah. Like, oh my god, yeah. it's fucking ah! Oh, that's Those exactly are... what I needed to hear today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly what I needed. To All hear. of the wisest things that my kids know don't come from me. They come from Cartoons. movies like yeah. Kung Fu Panda, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they need to distill all that information down yeah, into the most right. digestible. Right. And the truth is, is that like those are all the things that now, as an adult, I'm sort of rediscovering and finding that those are all the things that I need to hear too. Of course, you know, like, it never stops. Like you don't, you don't get to a point where you're like, "Yep, like I figured it all out." Or which is like, like something I think that as kids, you, th- I thought that I thought like, "Oh, they're adults and they've." They they know it all, or they've got it figured out, and I don't. And then you become a parent, and you realize, like, no, I still feel like a fourteen year old boy. Of course, you I feel like feel like, a, you feel like however you felt right about the time that puberty kicked in. That's I think right. That's when your identity right. sort of solidifies. But this, <clears throat> I sort of had this mind blowing thought. Well, mind blowing to me. I don't know. Maybe no one else will give a shit. But mind blowing <laughs> in the sense that. When you think about the values that you had when you were a kid, and they still seem as they, you still understand them, and they seem real. Like you said, oh, when I saw my parents, I thought they knew everything. Most of the time, we forget that our brains weren't fully formed, and, yeah. and, that, and that we are still holding on to things from a point of view that was essentially. Not at full capacity. Yeah, a work in progress. It was a work in progress. As we still are. Yes, exactly. And, and like, so it's yes, things when you're a kid, you need things to be very binary because you you're not necessarily processing a lot of these higher. That's right. Like we we're saying earlier, not full transparency. That's right. You know, not full transparency. There's too much kind of. There's too many working parts going on right there. And yeah, like you said, it's a, it's pretty important to be binary. So how long should we allow ourselves to be prisoners of a being that didn't? Have the you know what I mean? It's, yeah. sort, it's sort of like it'd be it'd sort of like be getting mad at your old Palm Pilot yeah, for exactly. not being able to go on the <laughs> right. internet. It's like it didn't have <laughs> they the didn't capacity. have that yet. Yeah, exactly. You can't. You have right. to understand. And, we, and now we might be an iPhone 10, but. <laughs> Twenty years from now, that's still a palm, palm pilot. You know? we're just, like, now we're just talking to Gen Z and millennials. Yeah, so true. How you doing, using guys? Terminology. <laughs> so it's like when your switch, um, yeah. when you take off the Joy Cons, and then you God, put. I them love on. the switch, though. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's so much fun. I've been playing Diablo three for the past week. Oh, so good. Oh, I just need Red Dead Redemption to come to the switch. So that dude, are you on around. Red Dead too? No, and I because I had I had a twenty minute conversation sitting in traffic on the way here. <laughs> Serious conversation about how to rob the sheriff's department in a town in Red Dead 2. The whole like, B story on South Park last week was how everyone was, and it just casually floated into every conversation. Like, they summon the devil, and he references something in Red Dead, and they go, are you playing Red Dead Redemption 2? And he's like, yeah, it's awesome. Like, <laughs> playing. It's true, man. But I just, sitting in front, like, I I just, I like I like the, the convenience of being it. And I, oh, I move around so much. Right, yeah, of course. That uh, it's just been easier to play it. My six-year-old's the- confiscated my Switch to a very large degree. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just beats the shit out of Mario Odyssey. <laughs> oh, and uh, the back played that it's fucking great. It's so good. And then I, I just uh, gave her her own account on Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nice. And uh, she's like, you know, sword play and stuff like that. And I, I just sit there like I'm so fucking proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> but Daddy's gonna have to get his own Switch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for Christmas, Daddy's gonna have to get his own. I've Switch. made a grave mistake. In I'm gonna Switch. put one in your stocking for Christmas, but it's really Daddy's. It's for me. It's just it's totally, it's totally just for me. <laughs> exactly. But you know, um, 
not again like not <laughs> God, it's so far red dead just took us on such well, a yeah, but i just spent this whole this, like everything we talked about before this was like not being not being enslaved by, by your, your child itself and now we're like now now we're like um yeah, we need to play the switch and we need to play my video games everywhere again well but it, it does speak to the idea that like it doesn't matter like you're 14 and you're like one day uh you know me and you or whatever it's like one day I'll be a man or just one day I'll be a, a grown up and I'll have it figured out and then like now I'm 32 and I'm still like one day I'll be a man yeah or uh, one day I'll have this figured out. Yeah, and it's like that just goes on, and it just that'll never end. That's it never like, ends, and even when you even when you figure something out, right. and you have like an aha moment, you still you know we're still such habitual creatures and creatures of pattern that you constantly have to remind yourself, especially if you're trying to change you, to have better habits or whatever. You always, you will never have to stop reminding yourself. And and I think, well, on the one hand, that sounds oppressive, but it's like, well, you brush your teeth twice a day, or you you know you should, uh, and you don't really think about it. Right. So it's not like you go like if if when you were if you really thought like we have to brush my teeth twice a day every day for the rest of my life. You'd, yeah. If you added those numbers, yeah, up, you never like how daunting. many thousands of times right. you know exactly. And it's just sort of the same thing with habit and 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 uh, anything personality wise. Like yeah, you know, like yeah, or fitness, whatever it is. Life. Life. You take it a day at a time. You take it a day at a time. It's like well, you get through whatever you can get through in a day. Right. That's right. And like. I think I think there's some peace to be found in the idea that we're just palm pilots. <laughs> we're palm pilots and like, in an iPhone 10 world. Exactly. That's all it is. Like, <laughs> the idea that like we don't have this shit figured out yet. No, we don't. And, and maybe we don't even have the system or the processor the yet. Drive yeah, like that could store the information exactly. to begin to exactly. figure it out. Exactly. So forgive yourself. <laughs> forgive yourself. <laughs> forgive yourselves out there, palm pilots. Yeah. <laughs> how many people have said? How many people in the in the world today do you? You think have said the phrase palm pilot probably not no, a lot no, no 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 especially just like even like my cousin's kids that generation like in their 20s they don't know what a palm pilot is no no no, no, no they so. don't all they don't yeah. at all or and a, they don't even remember like when i mean well, i'm a little bit older than you but i but i remember when palm pilots before hey lydia hurst has come in to say hi, hi. to chris coy hey. Yeah, Last good. time I saw you, weren't you strangling me today? I, so. I believe so. Yeah, we were just talking about. We're talking, we've both been on the wrong side of that before, so it's okay. We were talking about. Yeah, see, really? that's right. We, yeah. Cool. Yeah, she's going to work on a thing where she dies again. I was saying like you can't break your death streak in in the. Uh, I know this isn't even a horror movie. This is like a really serious drama, what's and the, I still have found a way to die. Heroin overdose, right? It, yeah, OD. Mm-hmm. Nice. How many times have you OD'd, Lydia? Uh, just. <laughs> She actually, last week she was in this weird situation where she was like, I'm supposed to die of a heroin overdose and I don't know how to tie off my arm, but I don't want to look it up because I don't want that in my search yeah. history. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's true. It's true. Again, Palm Pilot problems. Palm we Pilot problems, yeah. We just don't know what we're we doing do, Yeah, we don't know exactly what oh. we're doing. Well, so good to see you. have to teach me when I get that. Well, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, just tie off the best you can, sweetie. Right. I'll still love you. You're going to get an A for effort oh. and an H for heroin. I'm dead. Either way, you're going to die. It's going to be fine. Yes. You guys are just oh, the sweetest. I mean, get out of here. All right. Uh, good to see you. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love uh, you, bye. Have fun today. Um, what yeah. a bizarre world we live in. It's so, so yeah, surreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. surreal. But I remember when Palm Pilots were, like, everyone was crazy about the organizers. Right. And we had, you know, like a giant, thick organizer with as many, like, these are for, this is a diary. These are contacts. That's right. This, these yeah. are like, 
And you, you like, only could fit so many contacts in. Right, right. So I still want to go, like, I go home, I grew up in my grandparents' house. I go home, my grandmother still, if she's got to call anybody, she pulls out this, like, <laughs> Bible thick. That's what works for her. Thing that, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because in her mind, the ability, you know, like, trying, like, having to adopt a new, a new paradigm. Right. It just. It just takes a lot of energy. That's right. It just, in the last couple of, like in the last like maybe year or two of my dad's life, he finally was like, before he would never text. He would never text or email. He's like, if you want to talk, just call me. Yeah. Then he discovered texting and then, you know, and then it was texting and then he started discovering LOLs and shorthands and then that became Which a thing. Which is bizarre because I have that feeling now. My mom does that stuff now. And, and it's like, a If I get an weird. LOL from her, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> mm, did know. you laugh out loud, Mom? <laughs> did you really? No, <laughs> yeah. you caught me. Yeah. But I wonder what I wonder what our I wonder if our <clears throat> like what what our technological fences Threshold. will be. Yeah, exactly. Is it going to be VR, right. or AR, or something? Right. Because it's all yeah, it's all relative. Like we're Palm Pilots. <laughs> our parents are address books or whatever. You know, like. Uh, and then Paul like, Pilot sounds, by the way, like a bad euphemism for being hyper masturbatory. Like, this guy's fucking Palm Pilot. <laughs> this guy's supposed to be flying the plane <laughs> up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm an assist. I'm more of a Palm co-pilot. Like I, I help out. I work yeah. the balls. Yeah. I'm a circle jerk kind of guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to just fly the plane, Chris? <laughs> I mean, you know what? At this point. I feel like I've earned it. Yeah. I've put in enough flight hours. <laughs> feel like maybe I could pilot this bird. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I have found a little bit that, like, um, just as far as, you know, generationally, like, what's your threshold for growth or, like, acceptance of the new technology or whatever, I have sort of reached my point where I'm like, this is as far as I'm willing to go style-wise, clothing-wise. Right. right. I've, like, reached my peak. I'm not interested in, like, whatever the new... Like all the people dyeing their hair purple, right? Or whatever. And like, I, even saying that right now, I'm like, I sound like my grandma. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm. I've decided like I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy, and that's where I'm going to be. Yep. And I feel like going into auditions and stuff. I'm just seeing, and see, I'm so blind to it, I can't even come up with an example. But like, I go into auditions and see other guys my age or younger. And they're like, you know, just like their jacket sleeves are rolled all the way up or some weird shit. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I'm not interested. <laughs> why are they? Why don't you just wear, wear them a t- like why a don't jacket? Wear, yeah, exactly. Like it's a, it's a jacket or you could take it off and it's a shirt. I mean, do you want to just wear a short sleeve shirt? Shirt, Like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> just and then when they want to explain it to me, I'm like, I don't want to know. And that's like, it's you know, like, you know what we need to do? We need to. They, they, I, I know that the, these are marketed for women, but the short sleeve jacket is something that men really need to figure out. The sh- you know, it's a little like we need to take it so that it's a little less blousey and really just a good fucking leather distressed short sleeve right. jacket. Right. Are you listening, All Saints? Damn it. <laughs> You have a thousand old sewing machines in your fucking windows. You can make one goddamn short sleeve jacket for a guy to try <laughs> at some amazing. point. But you say you wear a t-shirt and jeans, but this is a nice fashiony t-shirt. Like it's a cool. Oh, it's got you, like Chris. buttons on it. There's no buttons. collar. My wife dressed me. It's a. 
<laughs> Should I put that on? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, I don't even I don't even ask. She just comes in and hands it to me. She's like, this is what you're wearing. She today. hands it to you while your daughter's playing yeah. your switch. Yeah, just, exactly. Someone, yeah. Like, someone just put food in I my have bed. No control I don't over know my what life. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But this is a good what you're wearing is the perfect, I think, audition uh, uh, uniform because it's it looks good, but it's simple and not. But it's distracting. simple enough, and it's not distracting, so that they can sort of imagine true, you into. You're sort of like a blank. You can be like a blank canvas. That's right. Like you can imagine me into anything. That's so uh, exactly right. I think that like and like important people don't think about that. They like think like. Oh, this character would wear like a shirt that says "Go fuck yourself," <laughs> but like in reality, even if that's true, don't wear that shirt. Like, yeah, I mean, know. I always wonder. It's like when I did audition for scripted stuff, I would always get caught in this weird like, well, the character is a cowboy, and he, like they had have really specific things right. about him, and I'm right. like. Now, I know there are some people that are going to go in dressed as a cowboy. Those people are probably not going to get the part. Right. <laughs> but do I just do a hint of it? It's like... Right. Which I think is right. I think like, yeah, like you do like a little bit. You right. Do something that's like, hey, I'm game. Right. But I'm not crazy. Or it's... <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah. If somebody, if somebody comes in in full regalia, right. then that basically just says like... You're going to be a, a little extra work. Yeah, do I want to work with that? Yeah. You know? It's like, <laughs> Every single yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I get... You know, because we have wardrobe people that could get you that's all right. of that. You don't that's need right. to... Yeah, you don't true. have to... Right. You don't necessarily have to do that. Right. Well, what do people... What do actors do? Because when I was... I moved out here in 88, <clears throat> and... Uh, I was two years old. Two years old. Everybody. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Uh, but, uh, oh, God, that hurts. Just, uh, just a second wave of it just sort of came yeah. through. But, uh, you know, there were the actors who would, like, have the business card with the headshots on and everything. Right. It's like, so in a digital age, what are those, like, um, like super uh, motivated... Maybe slightly too intense actory types do now. Yeah, they're like mass emailing. Yeah, is it mass emailing yeah, still, I think so. or is it I think like so. what are we? Or like, um, yeah, it's like every now and then I'll see. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, even though I'm very tempted to do so. <laughs> uh, some actors on social will post like uh, what audition they just had, mm -hmm. as though like that's going to help them get it, or that right. they're like you know. This is what I did today, and it was great. And I'm this guy, and I want this, and all this. And it's like maybe, maybe be, maybe, maybe be quieter. You know, you know what's? Like, you know what? This is this is all going to loop around again, Chris Coy, because love it. in just sort of hearing what you're saying like that, ultimately, what because the entertainment, the world, especially as we've seen, <clears throat> the world is uncontrollable, and we create the illusion of control and certainty. Yeah, right, and so to. When you work in a creative field, it's so difficult to to know how you're doing. Yeah. And so we apply these right. artificial metrics, right. like posting on social media. Right. Oh, how many likes did I get? How many yeah, likes? Exactly. How many that? Validation. Because I'm just trying to get right. some sort of sense. Right. But if you release the idea that anything is 100% certain, right. then it does free you from that stuff. You're like, That's well, right. it doesn't fucking and I find matter that, anyway. Right. I find that you, you'll, you'll find more success. You'll book more jobs or at least in my own experience i can only speak to that but the times where i release where i like where i leave it all in the room and then really actually subscribe to like 
walking away from it. And if they want me, they'll call. And if not, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. My my friend Jack Plotnick, who Lydia just did a show with, has a great blog that's all about – he calls it your inner vulture. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that basically attacks you. It's yeah. like your own – Right. It's your own mind that sort of attacks you and it's sort right. of like – and it tries to so he calls it your vulture and uh, you're sort of releasing that you're like releasing your need when you release your need for something that's where you get and it's not the confidence that's like this really obnoxious like yeah I'm so awesome but it's just no. it's just sort of like when you don't need stuff you're just more comfortable in your skin yeah. and when you need stuff that's where desperation comes from and that kind of that's repels right. things that's in right. the world that's true I believe I think that like that that energy or whatever that is, that's real and, um, and will is, a, is an obstacle, is your enemy. That, that's great, though. Your vulture. It is what it is. It like if, you don't, on you. if you don't need anything, right. nothing can hurt you. Now, I know that that's a very binary way to think about things because right. obviously we do need things. We need to survive. Yeah. There's things we need. And, even, if, and even, though, even though you might feel like you, you need that job, it's more just like trying to operate as though you don't. Trying to like convince yourself, like I'm okay. Well, and uh, yeah, uh, not only are you okay without it, but you know, not just you know, there's a lot of different ways to be okay. There's financially, there's sort of you know, whatever, spiritually, philosophically. But as much as you can, if you're okay, if you can figure out how to be okay with yourself or what's coming, or what's coming, that you can handle whatever's coming. You know, that you have the ability within yourself to do that. Then it just it does release you of that kind of like. Oh, I just need. I just need people to like me. Right. I just need because I need. I need for me. And it's like That's yeah, right. no, you're you're putting you're giving the world too much power over That's yourself, true, man. and you yeah. don't need to. You don't need to do I that. Fully subscribe to that. And you just as someone who you know just fled what is a hellscape right now. Yeah. You, you, that was <clears throat> very much um, held up to you in front of your face to yeah. see like oh yeah like we don't. I guess I don't need any of this stuff. I just need my family. Right. And, you know, like we can pack everything into one car and we'll be okay no matter what. It sucks, but we'll be okay. That's right. It's a crazy, crazy thing. But, again, like once you sort of release that vulture, I love that, man. I'm stealing that. Yeah, it's Jack Plotnick. I think it's jackplotnick.com. If you just go to his site. He just has a whole, you know, he's he's just a really great guy and just such a great attitude about all of it. Right. Because when we were there and we were in it, it was like scary and you feel like you feel the pressure of everything and like what's the right thing to do right now. The moment we got in the car and left, happy again. Right. This is all – we are what matters and we're, we'll come back if there's something to come back to. Right. And if not – the next adventure begins. Because, it, you know, this is an interesting time for you because you're working on so many different cool things and you have worked on so many cool things that you are you are definitely, at least from an outsider's perspective, on a major upswing in your career. Like things seem like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this guy's mm-hmm. – and you, you have one of those faces where people see you and they go, oh, yeah, I like that guy. I know that. I know who that guy is. He's got a cool vibe. Or know? they're like, that guy chokes babies. <laughs> that guy chokes babies. <laughs> But I still like him for some reason. He eats yeah. people and he chokes babies. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to hang out with him. I don't know. I'm not a baby. He's not going to choke me. Yeah, true. I'm not- <laughs> true. <laughs> so as long yeah. as I'm not a baby, I've it's only fine. offended like the only group that I don't really. <laughs> yeah. There's not a real possibility of hanging out listening. with a bunch of babies they're anyway. Not yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. The babies. True. Yeah, true. they're not listening. As you experience, you know, more and more of. The you know the success that I assume that you set out to achieve, you know it's I you it's you're gonna have to remember that stuff. But I think that I was having, just gonna say that even that 
whether it's the upswing or the downswing, either way, most of it's in your head. It is. And like you should uh, – I try and, and remind myself to stay somewhere in the middle mentally and the idea that like it doesn't matter how far this swings up. You just continue to work hard and love what I do and leave it in the room or – uh, value the things that matter. Yeah. Uh, again, most of it is in your head. And yeah. again, most. Not of that it I don't fuck that up sometimes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wake up some mornings like a total asshole. And my wife's like, "I will kill you," and I'm like, "Oh, that's right. You're the boss." Also, put this on. <laughs> yeah, put this on before you. <laughs> exactly. But again, you know, it's like it, it, these are things that are in our head, and a lot of them are in our head because of things that we put there when we were kids, when right. our brains were palm pilots. <laughs> That's right. So, like, you That's know, right. like it's, it's not, right. you got to kind of remember that That's it's, right, that it's, that most of the, most of it's, most of it's not real. And I just, I really honestly think that any, that if you have the ability to say that, you know, no matter what happens in the outside world today, I'm going to be okay. If yeah. you can, you know, <laughs> even if you're lying to yourself, it's yeah. Fake it till you make it. It's man. it's yeah. a it's a very it's, that's that's where the, that's where a true human power lies because right. you know like we are adaptable creatures. We figure shit out. That's why right. we you know right. That's why we've evolved. And uh, you know, and I I just I believe strongly that that's that's a lot of the key. Like you know, if if you put too much emphasis on the external world for your validation. It's just too mercurial. Like it's that's right. Too, you don't know. You can't predict how that's right. Going to go. And the idea that if you if you believe that like whatever comes, I can handle this, and you like maintain a positive core, like I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be as honest as possible. I'm going to treat people the way that I want to be treated, and then I'm going to work my ass off. Right. Then like you can pretty much handle whatever. And like chances are, like you said, if you release your vulture and hold on to that core, <laughs> that's right. You're going to do well. Yeah. Right. So what else are you working on now? That, cause I know you're uh, in the deuce as well. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you're working on that you, that's coming up that you're excited about or that you, you can talk about? Yeah. Um, so the front runner goes wide, uh, November 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so proud of that. Been a Reitman fan for years. And then, obviously, I mean, Hugh Jackman is fucking Wolverine. <laughs> I got to hang out with him. Did you talk to him? Many, yeah. I mean, uh, I got to be next to him a lot in the film. But then also, on top of that, he's such a nice guy. And he really, he, he comes down from up on Wolverine Mountain and mm-hmm. hangs out with us as though he's, you know... I mean, he is. He's just a. He's such a regular dude and a nice, the nicest guy. You'd be. He would go out with all of us on the weekends and stuff. And like, every ten seconds, somebody's coming up to take a picture, and he's in mid conversation. Oh, hi, yep, yeah. smile, picture. Thanks, good to see you. Back to the conversation with you, and you're like, wow, man, you just are such a pro. He's also taller than you think he's going to be. Yeah, he's easily like six two. Yeah, and just like. Like God was like, and you will be a movie star. Yeah, exactly. Just like just exactly, tall, dark, handsome, talented, hard worker. Day one, knew everybody, cast and crew's name by face. Like walk up to you, never met you before. He's like, Chris, good to see you, man. And he walks away, and you're like, <laughs> fucking name? <laughs> Take it down a notch. Yeah, exactly. Um, really, there were moments where all of us on the cast have a variation of this same story, where it's like you'd be sitting there talking to him and totally forget who and what he is and and again you know maybe because he he realizes that like that's all in his head and your head right um 
And then you'd sort of like catch yourself and be like, oh shit, what have I said? <laughs> what have I said to Wolverine? What did I say to you? What did I say to you fucking Jackman? <laughs> like, did you, did any, did any fandom sneak out or did you keep it in check? Uh, no, well? no, no, no. I'm re- I was like, bro, <laughs> uh, I've wanted to be you my whole life. We're just going ha- to have to have you, this conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which he was just so. Uh, gentle about and nice and sweet and like more than that i mean he he opened it up for all of us to ask him anything you know he he's aware that he's had a tremendous amount of experience living the so-called dream where he's done what we're after you know a lot of us especially nerds yeah. like me like i'm I want what what he's done. In Wolverine origin stories, how does um, Deadpool have uh, katanas in his arms come out? Because he would have to just straighten his arms the entire time. Yeah. Exactly. Which he's got an answer for. (laughs) He does. Because he's been asked that a thousand times. (laughs) What you realize in talking to him is that, like, all us nerds are the same person. (laughs) He knows. And he knows it. Yeah, Yeah, he can sniff it out. You might be able to, for a second, to be like... Do, uh, you, so you're Hugh? Oh, it's nice to meet you. You know, like you <laughs> yeah. might be able to fake it for a yeah, second. Yeah. Hugh, what's your last name? Right. Jackman. Hugh Jackman. He's, nice he's to meet you. He sees right through that. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, I know. All right, good. Well, as long as we <laughs> yeah, both know, exactly. and, uh, right? You know, it's all gonna be. Yeah. it's all gonna be fine. Um, I mean, that is that is an interesting. I mean, you, you know, it's I get I get it all nets out good, but to to be a character that is that identifiable. You know, I mean, that, that is that is you know like one of the best things that could happen in your career. But I can understand how it could also be perceived as like, oh, that's Wolverine. You know, I mean, yeah. he does other stuff and so well. Yeah, he's a, so well. He's a character actor and a and a singer and yeah, a exactly. dancer and like, a, he's just built for this stuff. Would you want to be an iconic character like that iconic of a character? In something, in a series of things, or or do you? Would you rather sort of be able to? Yes, yes, I would. You know, think about it. <laughs> I don't want. I don't. I don't want to think about it. I, yeah, right, right, right now, now yeah. right now, uh, whatever comes, let's go. Because um, there are some actors that I think are probably like, no, I want to be able to be invisible and blend in, and yeah, I want that too. Yeah, you but want I, those but things. I also want to be Wolverine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did, 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 what, did you have a Halloween costume this year? Uh, yes, uh, the kids decided this year. We were all um, Day of the Dead uh, oh skeletons, God, that's like awesome. a family of dead people. That's um, really fantastic. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was cool. Um, I like the sort of lack of democracy in your house. <laughs> no, no, pro- I, don't, I don't. I don't get to decide it's anything. Very sweet, though. You're like there is. Ah, there my, are my votes happening. I just don't get to be involved. My wife uh, wanted this. Yeah. Is your three year old? What's what's the story with your three year old? She's uh, she's the meanest of the group. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just the will on that one, man. Um, yeah, Dylan. Her name, hi Dylan. Uh, just the she's the stinker. She's just the strongest of of all of us. Probably is this story on that. I think that's I think that's you know the fact that because you had kids relative. Well, I guess not young, young, 25. but twenty five. Yeah. Um, that I think that's also great because that kind of helps ground you too. Yeah. It's oh, like it you're changed not, everything. Yeah. For me, I was I was maybe. Uh, Aimless prior. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. It just grounds you. It made me like, it, all of a sudden, it's bigger than me. 
and um, it didn't ma- it didn't matter anymore that I would that you know well maybe I'll prep this or maybe I'll go have a couple drinks. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you'll <laughs> you'll prep it while you're having a couple drinks. That's right, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. but that's what's great. That's sort of the you know, I think having that sort of creates the larger kind of. Um, Humility for being in the world, in the universe. And it's just like, you know, we're here for a blink and you sort of, it's about the process. Right. Do what you can. Yeah, exactly. No matter what scale I'm looking at it on, it's not up to me. No. Like, uh, the only thing that's up to you is how you, how I'm going to approach it. How you approach it, the values that you have, you know, how you treat other people. Like, that's all the stuff that's up to you and, and nothing else is up to you. Yeah. And I think, I think that like the sooner that you, recognize accept and embrace that idea like or at least with me like the moment i let it all go and was like all i all i can do is control the type of person that i am mm-hmm. life got easier are you uh do you have a lot of auditions on a daily basis or do you does it come seasonally or like what is your sort of what does your week look like yeah normally? more recently um just because of you know the deuce which like so humbled being in that show like it's just those guys just write such tremendous stories and um but being on that we shoot a long season it's a seven month long season oh my god in new york city and um it's like three three week episodes it's like shooting 10 movies in a row walking dead wasn't even three weeks in ep- no. and walking dead was like eight days an episode yeah no we're like uh 13 day shoot 13 shooting days per app one uh prep day or one off day that's and then fucking one prep incredible day. that a zombie show takes eight days and a 70s porn show is that's right. three weeks per <laughs> that's right man that's right just we're gonna shoot the shit out of this <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly um and so uh, because of that and then obviously getting lucky enough to be in the front runner for jason and then I also did a, another movie, which is coming out here in a couple months, I think, called Trial by Fire that Ed Zwick directed. Oh, wow. Uh, Laura Dern, Jack O'Connell, uh, Emily Mead from The Deuce, yep. and myself um, had that one up. And all of those things have kept me busy and sort of afforded me a, a little more time in between and the the, the, the opportunity to be a, a little pickier with stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm still very much like working class actor. I'm, I'm, I turned down nothing almost, you know, like I, I want to do great work, but I also need to work need to put food on the table need all that stuff. Yeah. Um, which like maybe one day that won't be the case, but again, dude, I value this time. It's, it's, it's pretty exhilarating. I love that the pressure's still on and, um, the, like we said earlier, you know, once you have those kids, it's like, it's not really about me anymore. Like, how do I build the best life for them possible? And that makes, that makes the work like that much more fulfilling. I still get to be creative and do what I love, but I have this like amplified pressure. Right. And it's like, oh no, you're going to run as fast as you fucking can right now <laughs> for them. And that's cool. Yeah. Because you know, when you go home, 
Your daughter's going to be on your Switch. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. And you're going to have no say in anything. Well, you're going to have to. You should get. This is why you need to get your own Switch so you can so you can like network like you can play multiplayer. That's what. Together. Yeah, yeah. Santa's bringing me a Switch. Good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Nice. Yeah. And I want to uh, clarify just so I don't get my ass beat when I get home that uh, things work way better. With me not being the one calling the shots, uh, she, <laughs> my wife crushes it. Uh, and, uh, I know. I, I've, 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 I think I lean a little too much on my wife. Yeah, me too. Dude. Because I, <laughs> I, like, I, I've noticed that I do start to do these things like when there's, you know, like I don't know if there's just like little things go wrong around. I, I around around here. I, I kind of do, and it's unfortunate that she's just so capable. Yeah, right. which is kind of her. Curse. I can't even send a text. I have to. I'm like, I'm, I have, she has to proofread it for me. I do, and be like, nah, don't do, you know, or whatever. And I've concocted this performance that she's catching on to, which is this sort of, it's like it's a stalling tactic. But really, it's like, when are you going to solve this? You know, it's like, oh, what are we going to do about this? <sighs> and you're not even really thinking uh, about no, what no, an answer that, or like, solution is. If you just kind of got through the facade, like, my brain is sort of like a backlot at Universal. It's like the facade is detailed. But then you get in there, it's just a bunch of empty buildings. Yeah, it's like, just like you see the slats of wood holding it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it's like an old car battery. <laughs> <laughs> and right. someone's lo- right. like a like discarded McDonald's wrappers. Exactly. Uh, there's really nothing yeah. else going on back like, there. She's gonna come in here and sw- she's gonna. <laughs> She'll fix figure all this. this out. Yeah. She's gonna figure. She's like, okay, we should do this. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. Are you sure? We yeah. well, do you want? You are. You're just an actor, and she's the director. You're just yeah. waiting for her to tell you where to stand, what to say, and yeah. how to say. I it. mean, really, do you want me to do this? Is is colloquially when are you going to do this you know what i mean it's like yeah. you want me to do right. this or do you right. you know like, yeah fine i'll do it well okay i mean yeah. it's a whole that's the best i think that we've really figured out the best way to behave uh. but the thing the, the, the funny part about it is that she knows what no, I'm of doing. course they know it's not i'm not you're not getting away with no, anything it's the same as you're just a, i'm just my wife's third child <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, There's another one. I'm just You're her the, third. She's got three Palm Pilots in her she's purse. She's got three Palm Pilots. Uh, one of them's the big one that can drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barely. And that's that's kind of your main usefulness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You're able to drive and acquire right. things, that's and then right. and then that's come right. home. Well, I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that you're all okay, and Thanks, I'm so man. glad that. Um, you know, you guys too. It was right here, man. Too. It, didn't it come and kind of land? In Griffith <laughs> yeah, we Park? had one. We had a, 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 there was one in Griffith Park. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've had a couple this season, this this fire season. But which is strange that that's a thing. But that's this it fire is. season. We yeah. and um, you know we we've, we've been really lucky. But we always know, you know, like like right around October November, I kind of like heavy sigh, like breathe, like. Okay, the fire, you know. Yep. But but every season when it gets hot and the Santa Anas come in and you don't know That's and true. you know you'll go to Griffith Park and you see people fucking flicking cigarettes. You're like, what the? That should be such a criminal offense. It's unbelievable because you, you, like one cigarette can right. destroy it's an like entire this, community. I'm pretty sure they think that's what happened because the hill fire happened close enough, started close enough to the 101 to where either arson or just like somebody flicking a cigarette on the way. Down the road. Well, again, we can't control the horrible things that happen in the world. You can't control the good things or the bad. You can't control anything. Yeah. But you can control yourself and appreciate the moment. Right. And, you know, again, not to Try trivialize. To right it's it, There are horrible, horrible things that are going on. But 
you know, what's, what's the alternative? The alternative is you ball yourself up at home and go, I'm never leaving the house. And then you're not living. Right. Exactly. You know, you yeah, want to, you don't want to not live and then you die. You right. want to live. That's right. So, yeah. and if we were all looking inward and making sure to work on ourselves properly or whatever, then that's like, that's mass progress. That's like, but, uh, don't punish yourself for being a Palm pilot. We are limited <laughs> dumb creatures. That's right. That's right. And that's just, all that, that's the best we can just do. Just take your stylus out and do what you can. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, don't take your stylus out. Don't take your stylus out. <laughs> just poke it with the tip of your, <laughs> yeah. tip of your finger. Exactly. Uh, thank you for being here. No, dude, Chris thanks, Boy. man. This is so much fun. Absolute pleasure. Likewise. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> <laughs> and get rid of your vulture. <laughs> that's right. Your vulture's eating your burrito. ID 10 scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top, in his Cuisinart, or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free Right now on Wondery Plus.